Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we are able to be together this morning to start our day in prayer. Today is Friday and this is now the season after Pentecost. Today we continue uh, our reading of 2 Corinthians. We're coming close to the end. We'll finish this up on Monday. Uh, and I'm interested in knowing uh, which book you would like to explore next, uh, perhaps a book from the Old Testament. Uh, please uh, feel free to share uh, your thoughts or where we sh- think we should go next uh, by sending me an email at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'd be glad if you would bear with me in a little bit of foolishness. Yes, bear with me, please. I'm jealous over you, and it's God's own jealousy. I arranged to marry you off like a pure virgin to one man I presented you to, namely the Messiah. But the serpent tricked Eve with its cunning, and in the same way I'm afraid that your minds may be corrupted from the single-mindedness and purity which the Messiah's people should have. For if someone comes and announces a different Jesus from the one we announced to you, or if you receive a different spirit, one you hadn't received before, Or if a different gospel, one you hadn't accepted before, you put up with that all right. According to my calculations, you see I am every bit as good as these super apostles. I may be untutored in speaking, and that certainly doesn't apply to my knowledge. Surely that's been made quite clear to you in every way and on every point. Did I then commit a sin when I humbled myself in order to exalt you? when I announced the gospel of God to you without charging you for it. I robbed other churches by accepting payment from them in order to serve you, and when I was with you and was in need of anything, I didn't lay any burden on anybody because my needs were more than met by the brothers who came from Macedonia. That's how I stopped myself from being a burden to you, 
and I intend to carry on in the same way. As the Messiah's truthfulness is in me, this boast of mine will not be silenced in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows. I'm going to continue to do what I've always done, so as to cut off any opportunity, for those who want such an opportunity, for anyone to look as if they can match us in these things they boast about. Such people are false apostles. The only work they do is to deceive. They transform themselves so that they look like apostles of the Messiah, and no wonder. The Satan himself transforms himself to look like an angel of light. So it isn't surprising if his servants transform themselves to look like servants of righteousness. They will end up where their deeds are taking them. I'll say it again. Don't let anyone think I'm a fool. But if they do, well, all right then. Welcome me as a fool, so that I can do a little bit of boasting. What I'm going to say now, I'm not saying as if it came from the Lord, but as if I was a fool, as I really did want to indulge myself in this kind of boasting. Plenty of people are boasting in human terms, after all, so why shouldn't I boast as well? After all, you put up with fools readily enough, since you are so wise yourselves. You put up with it if someone makes you their slave, or if they eat up your property, or overpower you, or give themselves airs, or slap you in the face. Well, I'm ashamed to say it. We weren't strong enough for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, and I'm talking nonsense, remember, I'll boast as well. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of the Messiah? I'm talking like a raving madman. I, I am a better one. I've worked harder. I've been in prison more often, been beaten more times than I can count. And I've often been close to death. Five times I've had the Jewish beating, four, 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I was adrift in sea for a night and a day. I've been constantly traveling, facing dangers from rivers, dangers from brigands, dangers from my own people, dangers from foreigners, dangers in towns, dangers in the countryside, dangers at sea, dangers from false believers. I've toiled and labored. I've burned the candle at both ends. I've been hungry and thirsty. I've gone without food altogether. I've been cold and naked. Quite apart from all that, I have this daily pressure on me my care for all the churches. Who is weak? And I'm not weak. Who is offended without me burning with shame? If I must boast, I will boast of my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, King Aratus, the local ruler, was guarding the city of Damascus so that he could capture me. I was let down in a basket through a window over a wall, and I escaped his clutches. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If the Corinthians want to boast about the splendidly appointed and eloquent apostles that they have now welcomed into their community, lavished with gifts and taken under their patronage, Paul himself will engage in a little boasting. He will boast in exactly the same things that make him so unappealing a figure to some in Corinth. The hardship and suffering he had to endure as if cursed by the gods the weakness of his presence and his own lack of skill as a public speaker, as if he were some kind of a fool, and yet his knowledge and brilliance show forth in the content of his teaching and arguments. 
not the flourish of his style, but the content of the Spirit moving and speaking through him. His resume as an apostle, especially his resume of suffering, is impressive. That he even presses on is even more impressive. In light of the litany of all that Paul has endured, how can anyone dare to call him weak? And yet we too know how easy it is to chase after shiny things, the next best thing. Some superstar that comes to town, a celebrity preacher. In this country, we simply have an obsession with celebrity with fame, with glitz, with style. We want to be associated with the best, the brightest, the most beautiful, the most impressive. And we want people in the process, by association, to think that we're smart, knowledgeable, tasteful, in the know, and to some extent, always pretty cool. Over the past 30 years or so, megachurches have sprung up all over this country, luring people out of their ordinary, boring, apostolically founded congregations and off into a bigger, better vision of church. Across this country, charismatic preachers have built little empires. They've risen to fame in super churches, known for their awesome music, stage lights, smoke machines, set designs, and, of course, the shallow and distorted teachings of the gospel of Christ. Since its beginning, it seems, the church has always been susceptible to being tempted away from its first love, to follow after something that looked better in the eyes of the world, something larger, something shinier, something more sophisticated. And yet Paul's love for the people in his churches compels him to face them honestly, to talk to them directly and even harshly, in sarcastically exposing the shallow faith of those who make themselves something when they are really nothing. In the end, though, Paul isn't arguing for a deeper loyalty to Paul, but for an ongoing return to their first love, to a loyalty and allegiance to Christ that was first set before them when Paul first came to town in his own weakness, with fear and trembling. Paul isn't arguing for his own sake, but for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the kingdom of God, which is breaking into this world through Jesus' death and resurrection which has, even in Christ, been hidden in suffering and still gloriously present in ordinary things. To run after something flashy won't fill what's empty in our hearts, but letting go of our pride and clinging to the faith of our baptism, the faith laid out in the witness of the apostles in the Holy Church that was founded on their message, our trust in Christ alone, That will keep us grounded in the hope of the life of the world to come. A life that comes not from flashy speech or glittering style, but by the grace of God, working through the Spirit and the simple truth of the gospel, taking root in our hearts and growing to bear fruit in the power of the Spirit. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, 
holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the creation in Christ of all things being made new, for gifts of healing and forgiveness and peace, for the gift of relationships forgiven, restored with others, even those who seem so drastically different from us. For the communion of faith in your church, which brings the whole world together around you. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God, a might renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who are working for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for those who are sick, especially those that we name before you now, for those who are suffering, afflicted, for those who are mourning. and for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, that it remain faithful and true to you through the gospel. Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good, render to no one evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people, love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.